Hi, this is Hannah Williams from Salary Transparent Street, and you're listening to the Let's Get Coffee podcast. Over a cup of joe, cup of tea, or whatever you please, I chat with people across a wide range of different industries and job titles about their career journeys and experiences. We get into salaries and how they fluctuated over time, what they've learned, and what pieces of advice they can share with you that were game changers to them. If you like what you hear, I would love if you would take a quick second to double check that you're subscribed so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. And feel free to leave us a kind review if you're feeling generous. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Aaron, I would love to start this interview kind of going back. We're going to go all into your career journey and kind of like how you got to where you are now. But I think it's really interesting to start with thinking about your childhood and like, what were you like as a kid? Like, did you have a dream job or anything? Like, what did you want to do? Yeah. So I'm, I consider myself very fortunate that I always knew that I wanted to work in the film industry. I think it's it's such like a blessing to like know what you want to do early on. I'm like very, very fully aware of that. But I actually grew up in a in a big family. I'm the youngest of six kids. Oh, nice. I grew up. Oh, wow. Right, yeah. Oh my <laughs> I grew gosh. up right outside of DC, which I know is where you, you live or you're from. Yes. I'm in Alexandria. So I'm like right outside. You know, if you say you're from DC, but you live in Nova, they're, they, they get on you. <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm from right outside of DC in Silver Spring. <laughs> I grew up, yeah, in a very, like, entrepreneurial family. My dad is, like, a a business owner and, like, a speaker and an author. My mother is, like, a beautiful angel poet. And then I have these five older siblings. And we were always raised, like, you know, with – my dad's very, like, inspiring and motivating. My mom, too. And he was Mm -hmm. always telling us, like, you've been given this wonderful life. Like, we've given you everything. Like, go dent the universe. Go make a difference. Leave the world better than how you found it. It's funny. I never had any, like, academic pressure or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. I definitely had, like, pressure to, like – go do something. You have 70, 80 years, go do something with it. Yeah. And it was a great way to grow up. My my parents are very much like feminists. You know, they treated me the same way as my brothers. My dad told me I was a leader and I was powerful, you know. They sound and like then, such wonderful people. <laughs> they are. Uh, you should have them on the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and But I grew up in a really musical household. So like we all oh, played good. piano and we were in bands and had a recording studio. But I realized very early on that I enjoyed making music videos more than actually making the music itself. Oh. And I loved going to the movies. I loved watching TV. And so I was like, I want to work in film. That's what I want to do. And so I, I went to film school. And that's kind of how I ended up. I love that. What film school did you go to? I bounced around <laughs> to film okay. me. I, I wasn't one of those girls who was like looking forward to like going to a liberal arts school and like, you know, having roommates and joining a sorority, even though I, I mm-hmm. did two out of three of those things. I went to Drexel for my first year in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I I didn't really like it there, so I went to Scotland for four months oh, fun. and studied wine. Wow. So a sommelier. We love it. It's <laughs> best four months ever, and then I decided to come home to D.C. and go to American University, which is where I graduated. Nice. Okay, I didn't know you went to American. What a great yeah. school. I got accepted, and I almost went because I loved American's campus. And then mm-hmm. I, I chickened out, and I went to Georgetown. And sometimes I'm like, I should have gone to American. Like, I oh well, everybody at American thinks that about Georgetown. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? You got to pick your poison, a hundred percent. So, how was school for you? Like, were you still set on like your career in film? Did you take internships? How did you grow on that dream to make it a reality? Yeah, I was definitely very ready to be over with college like from freshman year I wanted to just get into the world and like work I hated homework I hated doing things that didn't really matter I loved learning I loved interning I interned every single semester of college besides my freshman year 
my freshman year, I worked on set every single weekend. Wow. My spring break, I spent working on set. I just wanted to get so much experience working on a variety of different film sets because I know that's Mm -hmm. actually how you learn how to work in the film industry because your degree in the film industry doesn't really mean anything. But yeah, college for me, I am really happy I ended up at American University. That's where I I was introduced to documentary in a formal way. That's where I fell in love Mm -hmm. with documentary. That's where I was able to travel you know, to the country where I, I ended up making my first feature documentary. And it was extremely diverse in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I just loved how I had friends who, you know, live in Dubai and Switzerland and Costa Rica, you know, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I, I, I ended up I, I loved college, I, I made a lot of really great friends, but I was definitely ready to be on the real world. You know, that's so funny. I had the exact same experience. And I think there's, I, I'm seeing kind of a similarity here. When I was in school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just wanted to go out and do something. And I felt like when I was in class, like in accounting and finance and stuff, I was like, I know I don't want to work in finance, but I have to be here for my degree. But I would much rather be using this time, like going to figure out what I really like to do or working on something that I liked. And so when I was in in school, I was constantly like stressed because I I was ready to be done. Like I was like, it's holding me back being here. (laughs) Same. I felt the same way. I was like, oh, I just want to intern, you know? Yeah. How were your internships? Were they paid or unpaid? Oh, that's a good question. My first one was unpaid which is mm-hmm. such a privilege to be able to take an unpaid internship. I think it should All be illegal. All mine were unpaid. Yeah. All I, I of them? Yeah. Oh Every gosh. single one. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. All in D.C.? Yeah, all in D.C. And I worked in sports like I was I thought I wanted to work in the sports industry. So that taught me really quick that you're not going to make any money in sports because they don't even pay their interns. <laughs> yeah, I think my highest paid one was Discovery. It was it was a lifelong dream to work for Discovery because mm-hmm. it was like That's in a D.C. cool channel. Yeah. Well, it was like I grew up right next to the headquarters. So it was I you know, passed yeah, it as a little they kid. they are in Maryland. Yeah. I think they just they just moved, I think. But oh, gosh. Yeah, they were there the <laughs> Never whole mind. time. Yeah, but they paid well. I think they were like 15 an hour, like back in nice. 2016. So that's they, pretty that good. good. Nice. So I think that internships for me at least were so integral to getting a job after I graduated. Did you have that experience? Like did it open doors for you when you graduated? Oh, absolutely. Especially in my industry. I can't stress enough, they just don't care about your degree. They don't. Like, no <laughs> one ever asked me where I went to college. They care about what you've done, your portfolio, your experience. Yeah. Um, and internships give you that that experience and those connections. I still talk to people that I interned for. I still talk to, like, the recruiter even who recruited me for an internship. Oh, wow. Those are such important connections to have. I, my fiance still talks to this recruiter all the time <laughs> who, like, will send him stuff. And he's like, I'm not ready to look yet, but thank you. <laughs> I'm like, that's valuable. What was your first job when you graduated? And do you mind sharing how much you made? Okay, so I've been self-employed my entire career. Love it. So I've never had a formal W-2 9-to-5, but I've permalanced many places. So I've had the 9-to-5 experience. Let's see. So when I first graduated, I actually got a fellowship from the Pulitzer Center to a reporting fellowship to go work on my first feature documentary. So they supported me. I went over to Southeast Asia, made this documentary at the local crew, came back. And I spent the next year of my life, actually, I moved with my parents to save money. I was Mm -hmm. so scrappy. I worked on set. I ran crowdfunding campaigns to raise money to finish the film. And so while I was doing that, I was working on lots of different like corporate projects, like film sets, reality TV. And I think I remember my rate being $2.50 a day for a PA. So that was kind of around what I was making. But then as a video editor, I was making a bit more. I believe my rate for video editor in Baltimore was like 36 an hour when I first graduated. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty solid. (laughs) 
how has it been like freelancing versus the nine to five? Do you ever kind of wish you had a nine to five or what's that experience been like? It's funny you ask that, Hannah, because I woke up this morning and thought, oh, this would be a great day to have a nine to five. (laughs) (laughs) I love the timing. I I literally thought this morning because I woke up and I, I was like, wow, I have this unstructured day. I have a few meetings. I have a podcast, but like, I just kind of wish I had somebody to tell me what to do today. I don't want to be my own boss today. Do you feel that way too? I totally have that. Some days I'm like, this is wonderful. I can do whatever I want. No one's checking in on me. And then I'm like, I'm just a little baby. Like, please tell me what to do. <laughs> tell me what to do. I know. I'll call my husband. I'm like, tell me what to do. But but most days, you know, most days I love it. It's great. Yeah. How has healthcare been? I mean, I I don't know how old you are. I just turned 26. So I'm like, I just jumped into this deep end and I'm like, God, I don't know how to do this. How have you been navigating that as a freelancer? Oh, that is such a great question. So I really lucked out because I got married when I was 26. I didn't have healthcare for one month. And then I was able to get on his. Don't take any, don't do anything dangerous for that one month. (laughs) I know, I was like, yeah, don't go skydiving. (laughs) Don't drive a car, honestly. Mm -hmm. But so I was able to hop on his. But I I do know for my other like self-employed friends and stuff, it is a struggle. But if I if I wasn't married, I New York City actually has a lot of resources when it comes to self-employed people and healthcare. Good to know. I mean, one of my friends is on it and it's actually like pretty, pretty good. Okay, so not too bad. I love to hear it. <laughs> when did you start getting involved on social media? Like which came first? Did you start on TikTok? Did you start on Instagram? How did that come about? Yeah. So I was working in the film industry. I just moved to New York after the premiere of my first a feature documentary because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I finished my feature. We're going to move to New York. My husband's a designer. I was like, we're going to live in Brooklyn. And that's what we did. We <laughs> moved here. There was this great momentum. And I was like, yeah. I was having meetings at my favorite production companies. And there was all this momentum. And then, you know, a couple months later, the world crashed and mm-hmm. everything was put on an indefinite pause. Every single thing. Like my mm-hmm. editing projects, which are my bread and butter, all my meetings, every everything. And the world was at the standstill. And mm-hmm. so out of boredom, just like everybody else, I downloaded TikTok and um, <laughs> I was not ever wanting to be a content creator, influencer. The internet is a very scary place to me. I mm-hmm. just, I never wanted my income to be reliant on the internet because like social media can go away tomorrow. But I saw TikTok as an incredible educational resource and I loved how people were kind of like little filmmakers, definitely little filmmakers yeah. on there, big filmmakers. And people were using video to tell stories and educate make the world a better place. So I thought, you know, during 2020, I think we all like got really introspective, hopefully, and thought about yeah. kind of, like, our place in the world. And <laughs> Too much I time thought, by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And like with the social uprising and, you know, the injustices that, that came to light, I think I was, I was thinking, how can I actually make a difference? There was so much yeah. performative stuff going on. And I was so sick of people just like performing. And I was like, well, how can I actually make an impact like today, yeah. right now? And I was like, oh, TikTok. I could post career advice on there for free and the people who don't have a mom or dad or community to teach them these simple, what we think of as simple things, the video will find them on the For You page. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I started posting at first very shitty, like not shitty career advice, but (laughs) shitty videos. Yeah. The first few are always like, throw those (laughs) down the toilet. (laughs) I cringe whenever (laughs) I look back at my old ones. Oh, no, you're you're great. I would do like the millennial pause. You know, I'd wait like three seconds before filming. I know. <laughs> I did that too. And now I get really self-conscious of it. I had to edit it out. It's I funny. But yeah, I started posting like a couple videos just messing around. And then one of them just went like super viral where I was answering the question, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, the account started growing. And 
I started to get messages that were just like, hey, like no one ever told me how to make a resume. Like I never had a school teacher or a parent be able to teach me how to make a resume. You're the Mm -hmm. first person in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. That's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it became a very addicting feeling to like actually help people. So Yeah. I mean, in the best way. Right. And they're so right. I tell people all the time, like I didn't know that I could negotiate my salary until I found out I was underpaid. And I get so frustrated because like we go to college to learn how to do our jobs. No one teaches us like career 101 course. How do you build a resume? How do you write a cover letter? How do you negotiate your salary? Ask for a raise all these things that are so integral to being paid well and enjoying your job, no one teaches you that. So it's like on you and I and all these other creators almost on TikTok to teach it. It's a huge, you're you're doing a great thing. Yeah. You are, I mean, you are too. I mean, I don't know how you get people to tell you their salary on the sidewalk. (laughs) Like that is an extremely personal question. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Sometimes I joke that I think people think I'm doing a school project. <laughs> and they have like a little bit of pity for me. That <laughs> and is I take so full advantage. Funny. So how many people say no? Do most people say no? It's usually a split. It really depends. Like if there's really bad foot traffic, like it's low, it'll be like one of 20. But then if there's a lot of people, it's like one of 10, one of okay. eight. You know, we have good days and bad days. We and realize different- the time of day. Yeah. Like if we go to people in the morning, like yeah. on a Monday – it's a hard no. <laughs> we learned very quick. Don't do that. <laughs> do Friday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> okay. Maybe di- are different regions more transparent? Yes. And also like different demographics we see. So sometimes, you know, if we target younger people, they say yes more often than older de- demographics, which is a bummer because I feel like older people have so much more to share in their careers, like in their lifetimes of learning, but they're like very shy about their, you know, sometimes we get people yeah. say, oh, do you want my social security number two? And I'm like, oh, it's not the <laughs> yeah, same sure. thing, but okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, funny enough, New York was not good. I think it's just because people are on the move, you know? <laughs> they people, Oh, me. people are absolutely on the move here. They won't even stop to talk yet to, to anybody. Mm-hmm. But New York's almost like where I'm so curious. But then we, we have the, mm-hmm. the transparency law now. So yes. you can see online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I always tell people if they say no, it's not really a bad thing because – I'm not asking you to be transparent with a stranger on the internet. I'm asking you to be transparent with your colleagues and your friends and your family where it's beneficial, you know? And so if I can just plant that seed in their heads that like, this random girl just asked me such an invasive question, but like, oh, you know, Karen in accounting, you know, was talking about this. Maybe we should talk about this as a team. You know, that's where change happens, I think. So yeah. it's always planting that seed. But I digress. I got, I got sidetracked. I mean, we can both rant about this stuff all day. So <laughs> I know, but I think that it's amazing how your videos have such impact. And oh my gosh, you have millions of followers. So you grew that really quick. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I think I would say I'm. A- very followable account like I think that's why Mm -hmm. I have so many I think people are just like oh I want more of this yeah so how do you monetize your account if you do at all I I mean I just did a video the other day saying like how much we made and so people are always like how much do you make how do you make money on social media would love to hear from you yeah definitely so I actively suppress being a full-time creator okay (laughs) I could like Mm -hmm. fully full-time do this I actually split my day up in halves 
to mm-hmm. actively continue working on like video editing projects and directing this new documentary I'm working on, oh, cool. which doesn't pay as well as content creation. Con- like what I do online, like I'm part of big brands and mm-hmm. brands that I love on cool projects and I could do more of that, but I have to to actively split it up because, you know, I, I again, like I don't want my income to be reliant on the internet because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, it's reliant on a reputation too. We've seen that. Yeah. Like, I don't want people to like suddenly turn on me and like <laughs> I want my money to be gone or, or just sure. TikTok to get banned or something like that. Something yeah. out of my control. And also filmmaking is my first and true love and passion. Mm-hmm. Career advice is a close second, but I think that's what I'm like naturally like most good at. My aptitude is there. Yeah. But to answer your question, I do have an agency that I've been working with for a little over a year. They approached me. Mm-hmm. I actually had a, a friend who's a travel blogger recommend me. Ooh. So always Love have friends it. who say your name in a room full of opportunity. Yeah. So they they will navigate all brand sponsorships from beginning to end for me. They're wonderful. I just had like my goal setting meeting with them yesterday. So they manage all that for me. They take a cut of all everything that I make and it's 100% worth it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm so happy to hear it. So how has your salary changed over time? What are you making now? <laughs> okay, so I, as like a dual career person, like my income comes from a lot of different sources, like a lot of different sources. So this year, like is the first year I feel like I really have my own business because I've been, you know, I'm, I've always kind of hired people like, you know, for film sets and crew stuff. But this is the year that I have like an assistant, you know? And so, yeah, and I have like business expenses, you know? So my business this year brought in around $250,000, which is the most I've made. And my goal for the next year is just to make more than that. (laughs) I love that. That is so (laughs) drops, Mike. I love it. (laughs) That's killer. But so you you technically have like two full-time jobs then. Like what are your official titles? Yeah, so I used to have three. I had three for two years. So for two years, I was doing like, well, maybe not full-time content creation, but I was dedicating Mm -hmm. a lot of time to content creation. I ran, Mm -hmm. I worked for National Geographic full-time. I ran their TikTok. Yeah, I launched it and ran it. And that was like basically two years. And that was like, that was 40 hours a week. It was, it was a lot. And then I also am a video editor and that's like my, my main thing. Projects kind of come and go. My life is kind of like this. Like right now I'm in a, in a low, which is really nice. Mm. <laughs> I get to relax. <laughs> a little bit of a break, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm working, you know, 80 hours a week. Wow. And it, it, it's good because I'll like, I'll buckle down for a month, make a ton of money. And then the next month I get to go to the beach for an entire month. So I Love like that, that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to answer your question, currently I have, I have a dual career. So my first mm-hmm. career is like content creation, career advice, partnering with brands, creating content, pushing out content every single day <laughs> and writing content, researching, networking. And then my other career is video editor and documentary director. So I'm mm-hmm. directing a documentary right now. It's a long form project. I've been working on it for years. And then I'm a video editor. So that's like my main thing that I've done for years. I work with agencies mainly. I edit sizzles, trailers, internet videos, social content, internal videos, conference videos. You know, a lot of it's not so glamorous, but it, it pays the bills. Yeah, that's so amazing. I, I'm personally like super interested in film editing and just that whole creative field. I think it's great. I, I'm sure people listening probably are too. So I would love to ask you like, what kind of tips or advice do you have for people who might be interested in the creative industry and how to get in and how to succeed? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think I it really comes down to your portfolio and mm-hmm. your online brand, especially nowadays. And truly, the most important thing is who you know. Mm-hmm. I always say it's a industry full of introverts, <laughs> like you know <laughs> that makes sense. And it's yeah, all about who you know. So it's kind of like this like contrasting thing. But you really mm-hmm. have to put yourself out there. You have to put your name out there. You have to send a lot of cold emails. Utilize LinkedIn utilize um, email, introduce yourself to people constantly, send introductory emails to agencies, recruiters, like every single person all the time. You really got to put yourself out there. And no one cares about what you say you can do. They care about what you can show them you've done. So you have to just do things. Yes, you have to Mm -hmm. just make the short film, rebrand a fake brand, you know, like just Mm -hmm. do what you got to do to puff up that portfolio. Do you think it would be beneficial for someone to have a TikTok account and be like, look what I can do? Because I see yours and your videos are so well done. Like you can definitely see that you have an eye for creativity and film. And I'm sure that helps you with your work. Yeah. Okay. So two things. First of all, I yes, it does. But also <laughs> TikTok has informed my directing style more than really? the other way around. Yeah. Interesting. It's taught me a lot about psychology and what people find interesting. And I, I, I'm so indebted to TikTok and all the creators on TikTok for influencing that. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is absolutely, oh mm-hmm. my goodness, having an online brand. I actually made an entire Skillshare class just about that. It's how to market yourself we'll as a creative it. professional. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll plug my little, my little Skillshare class. It's in the show but... notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But it truly is like if you're a painter, dancer, a musician, whatever, the class teaches you like literally how to market yourself on the internet. <laughs> huge, huge. Oh my gosh. No, that's big. I used to, when I had my personal account before I started STS, I was talking about how to break into data analytics, which is what I was able to do in my career. And I like did kind of somewhat the same thing where I told people they don't care about your resume. They don't care about what you say you can do. They want to see what you can do. You have yeah. to have that portfolio and you have to show them your graphs and your data and stuff. And I, I taught people how to do that as well. So that's I so think cool. that, do you think that maybe there might be a, a shift in the future with jobs requiring less degrees and more so certifications or just proving that you can do things even without a degree with a portfolio? I think we've already shifted towards that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I think especially with like college just getting more and more expensive. I mean, I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the amount of people who go to college and never use their degree, it's it's like crazy. And then they're like $100,000 in debt. I think businesses will be like that and definitely creative industries don't care. However, I I don't think people are going to stop going to college because of yeah. the cultural aspect of it, but I think companies are yes going to start requiring less and less degrees. Yeah, I love that. I'm really hoping that A will see a shift in like the price of college <laughs> or yeah. people taking advantage of other resources cuz like I don't know, literally we were just talking about it like wanting to get out of college to start your life. Like there's so many things you can do now without the degree. I think that's really interesting. What goals do you have in 2023? Ooh, let me get out my goal list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like every other year I've I've been so organized going into the new year. I know exactly what my goals are. This year, it's a little bit less, it's a little bit trickier for lots of reasons. So my goals are a little bit more personal this year. I'm being a little bit softer on myself this year. Previously, I've been very like hard on myself. But Mm. I think this year, I've been really focused on making realistic goals and sustainable goals. So instead of saying yoga four times a week, I'm saying you have to do yoga twice a week, you know, because it's more Mm -hmm. realistic, more sustainable. But my one, my one main goal for the year, my only one that I'm actually going to like stick to and, and prioritize sticking to, 
make time for is meeting one new person every single week. That's a great yeah. goal. Making like that. one new friend every week and, you know, seven degrees of separation. Here I am. <laughs> I know, I know. Here you are. No, I, I, um, I put, I'm putting myself out there. I, I wrote in my building app. I was like, hey, guys, I have a resolution to meet one new person every week. Like who wants to get coffee? And I have a coffee date tomorrow. So that's amazing. And yeah. you never know who you can meet and like the connections you can make. That's such a great resolution. I've never heard that one before. I love it. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like people who don't work from home or work from themselves might be like, that's stupid. But when yeah. you work from home for yourself, it's really easy to, to kind of like hermit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I worked remote and I, I love it. I still work remote. I would never go back to the office, but I do get lonely sometimes and I like mm-hmm. fall into myself and I'm like me and my thoughts, like I need an outlet. <laughs> and sometimes I'm, I tell my fiance, I'm like, I need to get out the house. Like we have to leave. <laughs> So I know that's a great that's way so to fun. do it. <laughs> do you so you still have a your full-time job on top of this? No, I quit my job. Okay. Yeah, I quit in May. So I do this full-time and I work remote now. Okay. <laughs> now going that's back what into I thought. the office. You know what's so funny though is I was thinking one of my goals maybe this year would be to have an office in like the DC metro area because I want to build like a studio for our podcasts and stuff where we can do yeah. things in a place and not remote all the time. And so I was like, am I going back to the office? <laughs> I, don't I know. know. <laughs> it's, it's it's wild. Different. I mean, sometimes I kind of wish I could go into an office. I, I work at coffee shops a lot because I need like other people mm-hmm. around to, like to keep me productive. But for for you, how's that going? Like working alone, like, you know, running your own business. And yeah, it's really different, right? It's different, but I love it. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of what I've always wanted. I've, I, I think it mentally, it makes sense a lot with like my personality too. I've always been very independent, very like, I don't need like a team. I can go do this myself. Like, just tell me what I need. I'll go do it. And so it's like, I have all this independence now to like make the business what I envision it to be. It's a really wonderful thing. <laughs> but it, oh, it has I love like, that of course, you. it's cons. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I asked you how much you made and we topped that off. So actually one question I did have, how do you combat burnout? Because you said like 80 hour weeks, that sounds wild. I deal with burnout and I I think I'm working like 60 max. And how do you, how do you get around that? This is going to sound ridiculous. I started to find out when my body is naturally the most creative. That's what I'm doing. Really? Oh my gosh. Keep going. Keep going. It's amazing. So like I tell, like I, you start to figure out like when your body naturally wants to do things. Like for example, Mm -hmm. I have a very slow morning. I know that like I can't force myself to do things in the morning or else it ruins the rest of my day. And then I know that I have to exercise in the middle of the day. If it's too late, I will get groggy. If it's too early, I'll faint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to work out like between 12 and 2, um, which is like inconvenient when you have to put makeup on, but whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then I am by far the most creative between the hours of 4 and 8 p.m. And I don't know why. It's really inconvenient. At least you know. It just – it happens naturally when you work for yourself. Like I found that I would naturally want to start editing around 4 p.m., and mm-hmm. I would work through the night. So, like, I just edited a short doc, and the director, I was, like, she wanted to, like, be next to me while I was editing because it was a really quick deadline. And I was, like, okay, you can do that, but I got to break it to you. I work from, like, I'll be working from 4 to 2 a.m. on this. So, like, oh, you're going to have wow. to, like, come over at night because yeah. that's that's – if you try to get me to work 9 to 5 on this, I physically can't. Like, I, I won't yeah. be creative. Mm-hmm. I could. I'm not going to say I can't, but, like, but I won't be as natural. creative. Exactly. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. I had the same realization because I was trying to figure out how do I make my schedule like 
how am I more productive in my schedule and how does my body work along that? And I realized like the nine to five and that structure is a myth. It's not real. Mm. (laughs) I am the opposite of you. Actually, I work best in the morning. Like I literally this morning got up at 6am on purpose so that I could knock out a lot of tasks because I just like I'm going in the morning. Once I hit like noon or two, like two o'clock, that's when I'm done. I'm like spent. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) My (laughs) husband's like that. (laughs) It comes in handy. You have to work around what your body like naturally feels like doing. And I think that that's where there's like this glitch with nine to fives and independent work, because I think more of us should be working along that, you know, timeline of listen to your body, you know, work when you're creative. If you try to force it, you're not going to get a good end product. Also, like physically taking care of my body, like right now has nothing to do with how I look. It actually has to do with my like creativity in my mind. Like I come up with the best ideas in in yoga. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Or like in the shower, you know, the best ideas. Whenever I feel like, oh, I can't think of, you know, an idea for a TikTok. I just like take a shower Mm -hmm. and I think of one. Yeah. That's so funny. I was just having this conversation with um, Gabby Ionello. She's uh, the corporate quitter. I don't know if you know her. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how the opposite happens. Sometimes when we want a good idea or we want to get stuff done, we just like go, go, go. And that's like what you're not supposed to do. You have to take like a second to breathe, like a shower, yoga, maybe like a day of just like taking a yeah. break. And then it comes to you. It's wild how that works. Totally. And I find also for me personally, like you said earlier, you have to know your personality and talking to other people, um, like podcasting or going to get coffee. That's something that really invigorates and inspires me. I love like I'll DM with people and I'll be like, like, hey, you're a teacher in Wisconsin. How's being a teacher in Wisconsin right now? You know, (laughs) that's amazing. That's the best way to learn. Everyone's got their own experience and like it's wild what's going on, how drastically different things are from one end of the country to the next I have that thing too like we just posted today like what is the highest earning salary for these healthcare jobs and it was like vet dentist ICU nurse and plastic surgeon and the highest one based on our data was a plastic surgeon and this guy messages me and he's like I make way more than that like this is this is low and I responded and I, I told him just because you make more doesn't mean that everybody else does. Like yeah. this is a national average salary. And he was like, well, like I'm making X. And I was like, bro, just like, it's different. Story of my life though. <laughs> like <laughs> right? people are always messaging me like that wasn't true for me. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes Your sense that it's not true for you. <laughs> not exclusive to everyone. <laughs> How has been actually from your experience sharing advice? Like what is something that people really ask all the time? I get about 50 to 100 DMs every day of people asking me to look at their resume and redo it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people are like, why don't you monetize off that? And I'm like, because that's, I don't know. I purposely don't sell resume templates. I don't sell resume rating services actively. Mm-hmm. I don't do that because I don't believe in one resume. I think people need to build resume systems because you need to tailor a resume for every job, whatever. Right. But I would say, let's see, the most common question I get, how to ask for a raise, how to quit your job, how to know if it's how to know, like how to figure out how to find your dream job. A lot of people don't know, a lot of younger people like Gen Z's I notice don't know if they're like, they they don't know if they're in their dream job. They don't know if they're doing the right thing. Mm. And I tell them, I'm like, a job isn't supposed to be like fun. <laughs> like yeah. it's supposed to be work. Uh-huh. There is a threshold of like, it's not toxic for your boss to ask you to, to like do something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. A job is supposed <laughs> to be mean, hard. There is a them. threshold. <laughs> Yeah, you do work for them. You're exchanging your time for money. 
but there is a threshold. Like I, I do believe that people can find their dream job and I do believe that people can enjoy their job most of the time. If you're not enjoying it yeah. most of the time, then you can find something better. What advice would you give then for someone to find something better? Like what are steps that they can take to try to explore that? So I would say actually talk to people in your life. Like literally mm-hmm. go up to your best friend, your coach, your teacher, your parents, anybody who loves you and knows you really well and ask them. Nobody does mm-hmm. that. Nobody just says, hey, mom, what do you think I should do? Like, what do you think that I'm good at? Like, what did I do as a kid? And what did you Mm -hmm. think I was going to be when I grew up? And they know you. Like, if one of my siblings came to me and asked me that, I'd be like, hell yeah, I know exactly. (laughs) I know you so well. Like, this is what you should do. So, So physically talk to people and ask them. I love that. Oh my gosh, I wish I had heard that when I was younger because I couldn't figure it out. I just had to bop about life. Your brother, I saw you did something with your brother recently too with like styling. What does he do? Yeah, so he he's the one who actually taught me like how to do internet stuff and to be a self-employed person actually. <laughs> he like that. was like, here's how you do your taxes. Oh, and, and Such a help. I rip, I rip most of my career advice off of him, so I probably owe him <laughs> some royalties. But so yeah, he's a he's a full-time style content creator. And he does style for men under 5'8". He's like 5'6", and he had a hard time awesome. dressing. So he he teaches like shorter men how to dress. And so I had I made a video about, you know, what to wear to a job interview, which a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know what to wear to a job no. interview. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of guys in my comments and DMs being like, hey, can you talk about like guys more? And I was like, well, I am an idiot, but my brother is an expert. <laughs> so why don't I talk to him? No, <laughs> just asking the wrong person. That's all. <laughs> I can barely dress girls. (laughs) I know, right? I can barely dress myself. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that you were sharing more helpful information. And in a way, you directed more traffic to your brother's channel. So you guys are siblings, but that networking helped. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And and I go to him for career advice. So I was like, guys, you should definitely follow him. (laughs) I love that. So I guess on the last note, where can people find you? What have you got going on that people can take advantage of to learn more about how to advance in their career, how to get involved in film, anything like that? Yeah, well, you can definitely find me on TikTok at Erin McGough, which is where I post, you know, entirely free and accessible career advice, you know, job interview, question answer templates, resume rewrites, just like soft career advice. You know, I'll talk about like little things that make you just seem more professional, how to write an email, you know, little things like that. And then you can find me on Instagram, which is an account that I just started a few months ago, actually, which is Advice with Erin. And that's where I give career and life advice for, you know, young professionals, people trying to navigate careers in their 20s and 30s, but it's relevant to any age. And then on my website, you can find like little resources, a free career guide, a free five-year template. And then you can join my email newsletter, which is on my website as well, erinmcgough.com slash newsletter. And one of my New Year's resolutions is to make more YouTube videos this year. So I'm going to be hopefully YouTube. beefing up my YouTube a bit. <laughs> yeah, YouTube is a big one. That's where yeah. I'm trying to kind of trying to switch over just because, you know, if they ban TikTok, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm Yeah, I'm a little concerned, but <laughs> just a little concerned. But thank you, Erin. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And we're going to put all this information in the show notes. So be sure to check it out and check out Erin's page. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. Thanks so much for tuning into the Let's Get Coffee podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for helpful information and links we mentioned on the show. And if you need more career resources, you can find plenty on our website. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll catch you next week with another episode. Thanks. Bye.